listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Greetings. Greetings to you as well. Thank you. Mm-hmm. How are you? <laughs> I'm actually pretty good, all things considered. Glad to hear it. I yeah. did see a meme this morning about, it was like Black Rifle Coffee and they have this I think this character in their ads called Tactusquatch. So oh, it's like a word. it's a Sasquatch, but he's in, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. military gear. And of course. He was standing on a pier at sunset with a cup of coffee in his hand, looking out longingly, and he was like, Everyone asks, where is Tactusquatch? But nobody asks, how is Tactusquatch? Mm. And for yeah. some reason you triggered that thought in me head. That's the life I wanna I wanna live, standing on a pier with a cup of coffee, looking out longingly. Yes. Who yeah. asks where I am? You don't even need to ask how I am in a moment like that. <laughs> you can just don't leave me, me be. Yeah. <laughs> Let me be alone. Uh, I will say this is the second day in a row, not to date the podcast. The second day in a row, we live in a world of haze. <laughs> It's, I do not like it. I thought I was driving into Silent Hill yes, yesterday. It looks like when ev- I was driving everywhere. Home. <laughs> everywhere is really Silent Hill. Yeah. My phone warned me. I got a warning, an alert Dang. that the air was unhealthy. It was yeah. like, air unhealthy? Like, yeah. Have we descended so far? Yeah. I, Thanks, um, Canada. <laughs> it's not the exports we wanted. <laughs> That's right. Stick to bacon. I wanted maple syrup. syrup. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Not smoke and death. Yeah, for real. Yeah, it's quite yeah, a thing. Also, is. I'm just bewildered. Like, this shows my absolute ignorance of how any of this works. I thought we would have had this by now. It felt like it took a long time for this to reach us. Yes. And when I look on the Apple weather maps sort of thing, I actually switched back to Apple weather recently because it has, like, way more information in it and no ads. <laughs> Sorry, yes. the weather channel. It's like to see the heat map or whatever map, the air quality map that looks like a heat map. Yeah. It's like it's just descended on us yeah. in a large general area. It's like less in Canada than it is us. Yeah. It's like a great shadow is falling upon this land. Yeah. I was just bewildered. I'm like, I didn't know that's how it worked, man. Moving across the plains like a, what was that? The dust clouds and the yeah. like Great Depression time. Yeah. And yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The like dust the bowl. Dust, and yeah. Just, yeah. That Except would be we're, a nightmare. It would. Except we're dealing with the Great Smoke Bowl. The Great... <laughs> Not to be confused with anything else, just <laughs> meaning different things to yes. different people. That's a different, which is a great segue oh. into what we're talking about today. Perfect. <laughs> because we are talking today not about smoke or anything like that necessarily, yeah. but uh, you mentioned the different meaning, different things to different people. Right. We are uh, picking back up with our mini-series on Christological heresies. Yes. What a fun topic. It's one of my favorite series. It is. It is I mean, <laughs> un- I unironically think it's fun, but you know, it is really I'm weird. So, but yeah, we're, uh, we're back into that. And uh, today's Christological heresy certainly has... Uh, shall we say, a rather interesting history. Mm, okay. I might put it that way. Okay. I feel like Gnosticism and Ebionism, those kind of feel like the milk toast heresies to me. Right, right. You know, it's okay. like, oh, yeah, like, of yeah. course. They're really, you know, obvious. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, of course, of course. We're not playing around with that. But I think Nestorianism, you know, at least in my humble opinion, actually has an interesting backdrop. I think that's what's more interesting about it. Oh, okay. Is the history. But, you know, at the end of the day, who cares what I think? We're just here to, you know, figure out the stuff. At any rate, the heresy we're looking at today, in case you didn't read the episode title for some reason, <laughs> is called Nestorianism. Mm. Like a nest. Nestorianism. <laughs> just in case you want to know how to spell that. I don't know. But it is named after a man called Nestorius. 
Constantinople. So okay. this is this is named after a after a guy. Hmm. And um, here's what the position basically entails. There are actually two distinct persons in Jesus Christ. The divine son of God and the human man. They are two distinct persons. Not distinct natures, but distinct yeah, persons. Yeah, distinct persons. Two totally different mm-hmm. persons mm-hmm. happening I see. right there. That's interesting. Yeah. It is one thing to have something named after you. Quite another when that thing is a known heresy. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's not an amazing feeling. <laughs> yeah, how'd you like to be remembered down the ages for yeah. just heresy? Just thinking about that right now, everyone. Yeah, Your you... name, known for the ages, yes, associated with heresy. Yes, like, Josiahism. <laughs> yeah, that, that thing. He, he really got that thing wrong so much, though. <laughs> he's known throughout time. That is rough. <laughs> None for me, thank you. Yeah, so this I think obviously goes without saying. Totally different conception of Christ than the Orthodox, yeah, faithful view, which is passed down to us in scripture and in all the creeds you know like (laughs) you know because scripture teaches that christ is he's one person right Uh there's just there's one person there but he has two distinct natures there's the divine nature and the human nature but they're united in one person Mm -hmm, so when you're looking at jesus christ in his own words like oh if you've seen me you've seen the father you know he is god right and so thus the problem and thus the heresy when you're saying no they're actually two persons in Jesus Christ. You're not looking at one person. There's like a second person behind him or yeah. in him or Do you like sub out around him? Yeah, yeah, I don't really no. know. But it's it's obviously incorrect. So again, that's what we have in Nestorianism, divine person, human person. Whereas again, John would write, for instance, in his gospel, the word, i.e. the son, became flesh and dwelt among us. So yeah, mm. there's like it's still one person when you're looking at Jesus. Right. So, you know, are we are we tracking thus far, everybody? We yes, all, yeah. I think I'm following you. It's implications i'm sure are many and <laughs> awful but you said there was an interesting history a backdrop behind this oh uh, yes there was yes, a, where does this even come from yes we want to get into that yes because i i do think you know that heresy sounds straightforward enough like we're gonna say like oh yeah no that's wrong and we can you know blah, blah, sure blah. because obviously the problem is like if you have two distinct persons when jesus dies on the cross what is that is it really actually, yeah, yeah, like the divine son isn't actually paying for your sins because he's not dying. Mm-hmm. It's just the human person who's dying. And we can get more into that. That gets very quickly complex. But it's one person dying on the cross and you run into problems if it's like, well, no, there were two persons. And well, how do they relate? Like, what's going yeah. on? So, you know, we know to reject that. But as you just asked about, I think it's worthwhile to discuss the fact that the man Nestorius himself, whom this heresy is unfortunately named after, Hmm. was actually misunderstood on this point. Oh, dang. Yes, yes. So uh, the Nestorian heresy is a real heresy that the church has had to battle against. And actually, there are still some parts in the Eastern, like Assyrian churches, where you'll run into some Nestorian-type thinking. Really? Yeah, very interesting. But again, another topic for another time. But it's highly debatable whether Nestorius himself actually held to the view named after him. That is so unfortunate. Isn't it? Isn't it? Oh, man. So uh, there's a lesson here in how we talk to one another and use language. So Mm. before we get into his story, just to kind of give you the grammar for understanding what's going to be happening here. Because we frequently warn folks about the dangers of using the same words but meaning different things by them, right? So we've done an episode in the past on how, you know, both medieval Catholics and Protestants used the word justification in their theological discourse. But they meant completely different things by that Mm. word, right? That's the one I think about all the time, too. Yeah, creates issues. But in the case of Nestorius, we actually have a case where people are using different words, but meaning the same thing by them, as far as I can tell in my own readings. Okay, okay. 
debate, which is, you know. Does that mean people are drawing the wrong conclusions based on the word choice and then kind of just ran rampant with it? Yeah, that's part of it. So, and here's, there's another little subtle lesson in what happened here. So Nestorius wanted to stress that Christ has two natures, Mm -hmm. which already right there, we're back to orthodox language. yeah. So he wants to stress Christ has two natures, but that those natures aren't mixed together or confused or anything like that. So it's not like Jesus is a mixture Mm -hmm. of divine and human nature. There's a distinct 100% divine nature and a distinct 100% human nature that are united in the person of Jesus. Mm -hmm. But the natures themselves aren't like mingling together like a soup. You know, it's not like a divine human soup nature thing. Okay. Right, right. And he's very, very zealous to keep those natures distinct from one another, which is a good thing. Yeah, exactly. So like he really wants to be clear that neither is compromised here. Right. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. The problem was (laughs) because he wanted to keep those natures distinct in the one person of Christ, he was uncomfortable with certain terms Mm. that were universally accepted and used in the church at the time he was teaching. Okay. So, for example, the big one was he did not like calling Mary the mother of God or the God-bearer, hmm. or the Greek term theotakos. And he didn't like that because he thought that the term could lead to confusion about whether or not Mary in some way brought forth the divinity of Jesus. Yeah, okay. Okay, so, I mean, clearly she didn't do that, right? Like, the divinity of Christ is preexistent, like it's always existed. Mm-hmm. But the church had long called Mary the mother of God because Christ by virtue of his divine nature, is truly God, right? right like, I mean, Jesus exactly. is God. Yeah. That is an essential confession of our faith. So in that sense, if you're understanding it properly, it's totally legit to call Mary the God-bearer. You can call her the Theotokos. You're just emphasizing an orthodox view of Christ's divinity by mm-hmm. doing that, right? Because when she gave birth to the man, Jesus Christ, she was giving birth to the man who was at the same time truly God. So again, pause, making sense so far. We, <laughs> yes. I know I'm introducing a lot of crazy terms and all that. No, and this is like a really helpful example. And an interesting one too, because I feel like as long as you have a contextual understanding, Mary, mother of God, is not super confusing at all. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. if if you've never heard any of this before, if you are unfamiliar with theology, sure. Yeah. It's a little bit weird to Mm -hmm. hear those terms. Yeah. But it's it's easy to clear this up. Yes. Yes. So we think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Why did I say that? So instead, because in Nestorius's case, what he wanted to do is say, we should only call Mary the mother of Christ, okay. Christ bearer, the Christotokos. Okay. And he wanted to do that again because he didn't want to leave any room for confusion around Mary bringing forth the divinity of Jesus okay. out yeah, of herself. Yeah. Okay. Now, the problem was, again, you know, I would read that today and say like, well, sure. Like, okay, like, yeah, let's call Mary the mother of Christ. Sure. I mean, why not? Mm-hmm. But he was trying to propose a change to say like, let's drop the Theotokos language, let's drop calling her Mary, Mother of God, and only refer to her as Mary, Mother of Christ. And uh, to propose a change like that was like dropping a Molotov cocktail into an otherwise calm cocktail party. That was what was going on there, you know? (laughs) Why? That's strange. Yeah, I mean, well, people really, I mean, it's just like, I feel like anytime you're used to using language or things go a certain way for, in this case, you know, we're talking centuries, and then somebody is suddenly like, no, we're doing it different now. Like, it's, it's like, yeah. whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Like, it's like, what's your problem? It's kind of like, what's going on here? And like, it kind of wakes you up. All the rules. Yeah. yeah, and then you're like, you know, we're resistant to change. Yeah. Like Jesus said, new wine comes along and everyone's like, no, nah, we like the old wine better. Mm. You know, like we don't we don't want anything to do with that. So it caused the church to erupt. Dang. I mean, this, this was a big deal. And there was a bishop from Alexandria, Egypt named Cyril, Cyril of Alexandria. I like that um, name. Wrote all a great book. Names. Yeah, was, uh, they're so cool. But he wrote this 
great book called On the Unity of Christ, which deals with this issue. And he started pushing back against Nestorius mm, okay. because Cyril was more concerned with emphasizing the singular personhood of Christ than emphasizing his two distinct natures. So he's just got the opposite concern that Nestorius has. Okay. Oh, this is interesting. They have opposite concerns, but are ultimately arguing for the same thing. Yes. Ultimately, they do. Yeah. Okay. Okay, wow, this is a lot to take in. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And to go back to Mary, Mother of Christ, I do not dislike that. No. So I shouldn't dislike it. No, right. Because yeah. it's like, I, like, I don't want to say like, oh, this Nestorian idea. Yeah. <laughs> accidentally, like, I'm a Nestorian. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't want to find myself like accidentally smuggling in some unorthodox language. No, but it sounds it sounds nice. I actually like using the term Christ in like theological language because I, yes. I like how it sounds. I like how it grammatically fits into a sentence. Yes, mm-hmm. like, that sounds very pleasant to me. Yes, yes, yeah. And so again, yeah, that's perfectly legit. Mm. Wonderful terminology. The problem was he was saying let's substitute yeah. the term, and people were like, "Why would we substitute? Do you do you believe Jesus wasn't really God?" Which oh, is basically what okay. comes back to like. Like one of Cyril's chief complaints, like, are you saying that, you know, <laughs> that Jesus isn't actually divine? Now, again, a real heresy known as Nestorianism did eventually emerge out of this. Okay, okay. And we do condemn that. Like, the church universally condemned it. And that happened because Nestorius' own terms were blown out of proportion, and you do get two persons in Christ instead of one Christ with two natures. Not great. But here's the real kicker, okay? And this is where we come back to, I think he was really misunderstood on this, if we take him on his own terms. In 451, a document was written that's called the symbol of Chalcedon. And this is the document that gave us the standard for the clearest, most concise articulation of Orthodox Christology, right? Like basically any book thinking or talking on Christology you do, like you really want to make sure that it grows out of the symbol of Chalcedon, okay? And Nestorius agreed to it, right? He said that the symbol of Chalcedon was the faith he professed. Okay, okay. And Chalcedon very clearly states that Jesus is... Here's the big kicker. One and the same Christ, Son, Lord, only begotten, to be acknowledged in two natures, inconfusedly, unchangeably, indivisibly, inseparably. Mm. Which is exactly what both Cyril and Nestorius were trying to say. I really feel Come like back to Chalcedon. His affirming of this, really, come on. How does this not clear his name? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This but, is, come on, guys. Yeah. But uh, again, you know, it's like it's like when you're in the middle of something, it's hard to see mm. in the midst of the the fieriness and the yeah. and the craziness and all that. And yeah, sadly, like long story short, a lot of people did like, oh, thank you, Nestorius. Like we don't, you know, you've confessed Chalcedon, we're good. Yeah. Some people were not so convinced. How big is the symbol of Chalcedon? As far as like length, like yeah. how long is it? Not long at all. Really? That's cool. It's basically like a paragraph. Dang. Basically. What? Yeah. That's remarkable too also be like such a well-structured articulation mm-hmm. of Christ. That's really cool. I'm going to have to look that up. Yes, it really is pretty amazing that they fit everything they did into yeah, such a small exactly. amount. It's kind of like, like the Apostles' Creed of the Nicene Creed. Mm-hmm. You get so much of Orthodox Trinitarian theology in something that a kid could memorize. You know what I mean? It's really amazing. So all that is to say, it's rather unfortunate that the Nestorian heresy condemned at Chalcedon is named after a man who confessed Chalcedon, right? Like this is, you know, (laughs) unfortunate. Yeah, (laughs) but such is life sometimes. And it is a helpful reminder, I think, to us to always 
double check and make sure whether or not we mean the same thing as those who might be using different terminology from us. Mm-hmm. Because like we said at the beginning of the episode, you might be using the same terms and mean something totally different, which we're going to get into with Arius when we talk about the Arian heresy, which is like basically the mm. arch heresy of Christology. It seems aptly named to be an arch heresy. Yes. Yes. It does. Doesn't with a name like that. I just like, no, I hear the name Arius. And for some reason I picture like a Sith Lord and like, <laughs> You know, like dark robes, you know, like that deep guttural, you know, because there were times he would be willing to use some of like the the same terms, but he was like importing different meaning into it Mm, okay, and uh, really created issues. And so, uh, yeah, all that to say to be sure to believe that Jesus Christ is, in fact, one person with two natures that are not confused or mixed up or anything like that, because otherwise you run into what we call back home problems. So yeah, there we are. That's the uh, Christological heresy known as Nestorianism. So if you want to look more into that, you can. There are other theological ramifications that I didn't explicate because I thought it was more interesting to talk about the history and Mm -hmm. the lesson about terms. I like it has this little story attached. Yeah, yeah. So you got that. You can look that stuff up if you want. And uh, I would recommend everybody, if you've never read The Symbol of Chalcedon, I mean, you could read it in like two minutes, if that. You know, it's really short, sweet, and to the point, as they say. And it's uh, very beautifully articulated. So yeah, Symbol of Chalcedon. Give it a read. And uh, as always, if you have any questions on this or any other topic or other heresies, you can email those to us at podcast at horizonschurch.net. And if you found this helpful and you want to leave us an honest five-star review, you know, if you think we're not guilty of heresy, you know, we're out here. Sure would be nice. You know, propagating the orthodox faith. Uh, yeah, you can leave us that honest five-star review there in the uh, Apple podcast platform. But whatever you do, as always, thank you for listening and we will catch you next time.